0: against Russell Brand. In a few moments, YouTube have announced that it has suspended monetization of his YouTube channel. Marilyn Manson appeared in court in Manchester, New Hampshire to face charges for an incident taking place back in 2019. Coming into contact with his saliva, reportedly later blowing his nose into this videographer's direction. <laughs> Ba, 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 bum. Ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Aid Thompson and other disappointments. Your twice, sometimes thrice weekly delve into the world of news, politics, dystopia, and all things awful. I am your host, Aid Thompson, and consider me very much, as I've said before, like your sort of Willy Wonka of dystopia, dancing around the awfulness, pointing out. Various sources of depression with my cane, you know, dancing around with my hat. I am the host of Modern Dystopia. Um, What's going on out there? What's happening? I should should probably mention my gig before we jump into it. Um, Performing at the book club in Shoreditch. That's Thursday week, 28th of September, Thursday night. Starts at 7 o'clock. You can still get tickets for it if you go to the link in the description of this show. Or look at one of the many, many tweets I've been bombarding your feeds with or threads or YouTube, whatever else. Um, You can still get tickets for that now. I'm also performing at the Riot Society with uh, Supertansky, Marina Perkis, Dane Baptiste. Uh, Who else have we got on the... Oh, Danny fucking Price. God, how can I forget him? Um, Danny Price, uh, James fucking Bennison is hosting. It's going to be a good night, man. Uh and there's a link for the tickets for that as well, also in the description. Right, let's let's get into it, shall we? The big story on everyone's mind at the moment, you know, no surprises. No no surprises, no prizes for guessing what the big story that we're going to be talking about this week is. Uh Marilyn Manson has been fined for blowing his nose on a camera operator in 2019. <laughs> I mean, look, yes, it is a silly story, uh, but it's not, you know, Marilyn Manson and Russell Brand. They're not totally, you know, distant media cousins, are they? You know, they've both been accused of fairly horrendous crimes. They're both sort of dark, tormented, tall. I mean, that is pretty much it. Um, I don't think. Marilyn Manson has ever hosted Big Brother's Big Mouth. Uh, Just like I don't think he's ever had sex in a BBC dressing room, but I wouldn't rule it out. (laughs) If If he was on the bill for like Top of the Pops one time, like back in 97 or something, you know, and he comes in with his gruff, growly, dark voice. You know, that's how he talks. Marilyn Manson, I think, was the first... Like, he was the originator. He was patient zero of Vocal Fry. If you know, if you know what that is. Like, where where are people talking? I'm really like... Whoa. Anyway. I wonder if you could help me up. Somebody blew the nodules on my throat and I haven't slept for four days. The kids had me up at 5 a.m. Like, that's, that's basically Marilyn Manson. Maybe, maybe he just hasn't slept in, like, 30 years. Do you think if he actually slept properly... He'd just wake up like all refreshed and just be like a happy, normal human being. (laughs) Like it all adds up, doesn't it? Like he hasn't slept properly. It's made his voice go down really low and like Barry White-ish, you know, like mine does when the kids have me up at like 4 a.m. or something. We should start like a a charity sort of lobbying thing. Like just let Marilyn sleep (laughs) and you'll be a whole new person. Have him like hosting Sesame Street in like two weeks after after a good sleep, right? Anyway, where were we with this? Let's let's have a read of it. Even if, do you know what? I wouldn't put it past the BBC if if Marilyn Manson had had sex in a BBC dressing room. It feels like I mean, for a long time we were able to partition that sort of behaviour, that blind eye treatment by the BBC. We we're able to look at that like that was something that happened years ago. You know, yes, Savile was disgusting, but that was decades ago, guys. Everything's moved on since then. You know, and now, obviously, with the advent of the real big story this week, the Russell Brand allegations, you know, those allegations, if they are to be believed, and let's just say it for the millionth time, he denies all accusations. But if they are to be believed, then the sorts of things he was getting up to in BBC dressing rooms, i.e., Stripping himself down completely bollock naked and telling his PA or booker or runner to suck his dick. (laughs) If that is true, that was happening after Savile. So not much has changed. So do I believe that the BBC could have possibly welcomed Marilyn Manson in? Dripping himself in blood, telling BBC staffers to do God knows what. Yeah, I think it's it's possible. It's within the realms of possibility that they also share that in the many parallels that they share. Um, anyway, yes. Yeah, so let's let's talk for a minute, shall we, about Marilyn Manson? Uh, it's one of these weird news stories that sort of pops up on the Sky News feed and it just captures my attention. Firstly, because the picture that they've got of him, I don't know if you can see this on the like stream thing, but... The picture they've got of him is Marilyn Manson in a courtroom, right, looking very serious, looking very solemn, which is fine. You know, you don't often see a sort of, you know, Prince of Death laughing his head off, but he looks quite solemn. And he also looks like he's got, like, he looks like Data of Star Trek. Like, when did Marilyn Manson project forward out of his sort of gothic, 19th century kind of get up into the 24th century or whatever the fuck Star Trek Next Generation was set. He looks like Data. Pale-faced and sullen and completely devoid of human emotion. I think it's fair to say. So that's the picture they've got of him. Let's let's delve into this, shall we, very briefly, before we get onto the brand stuff. Um, Marilyn Manson, rock star find blowing nose on camera operator in 2019 concert the woman who manson blew his nose on during the new hampshire concert said it was the most disgusting thing a human being could have done probably not the most disgusting thing you know i mean i'm not congratulating him for it i'm not celebrating that sort of vile and violent and disrespectful and misogynistic Conduct, absolutely I'm not. But it's not the most disgusting thing (laughs) that a human being could have done. I mean, this is a camera operator, right? But if you're talking about like the staff around a gig and around that whole entertainment live music ecosystem, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's been accused five times of sexually assault. Two of them by the security guards who are presumably supposed to be protecting him from things happening to him. And he repays that favour by like, yeah, let me grab your dick. Let me grab those dick and balls. Like, it's just... I'm not mocking that that's happened. Obviously, that is terrible. Don't treat people like that. I'm just saying that in the grand scheme of things, in the vast and varied tapestry of disgusting things that a human being that this human being could do to other human beings. I'm just saying blowing your nose on them is you probably got off light. Glasses are full. You know, I'm I'm like that. I'm, uh, you know, very much a rose tinted type of chap. Anyway, let's continue, shall we? So it says rock star Marilyn Manson has been fined and sentenced to 20 hours of community service after pleading no contest to blowing his nose on a camera operator during a concert. The 54 year old, whose real name is Brian Warner, appeared in court on Monday and was charged with two misdemeanor counts of simple assault following the incident during a 2019 concert in New Hampshire. Manson pleaded no contest to the charge of nose blowing. Like, is that even a charge? Is there actually legislated charges around the problem of nose blowing? Is it like? Anyway, he played he no contest to the charge of nose blow- blowing, uh, meaning he does not contest the charge, but he also does not admit guilt. Okay. Uh, the plea was part of a deal that saw prosecutors agree to dismiss the other charge against a musician which alleged that he spat on the camera operator. Okay, so there was spitting and there was also a bit of nose blowing, apparently. And through some sort of deal with the prosecutors, they agreed to get rid of the more serious charge of spitting on the camera operator. Like, how do you work that out? How do you decide that spitting is the more serious charge over nose-blowing. Like, is spit worse than snot? I would have thought that snot would be worse, you know? And who the fuck is his lawyer? <laughs> who is who is advising Marilyn Manson to go, yeah, look, you've, you've been accused of two things, Maz. Uh, one is spitting and one is snotting on someone. But if I were you, I'd admit the snotting. <laughs> Wait, wait, he's not even admitting it, is he? I'm sorry. He's pleading no contest to it, which means that he doesn't have to say that he's guilty of it, but he's also not denying it, kind of thing. But, like, who who would advise you to to kind of go with the snotting one? You know, like, the spitting, you could retrospectively kind of-ish talk your way out of. You could say, yeah, look, I was, you know, I was performing on the stage and, uh, you know, sometimes I get a lot of spit, saliva in my mouth... And some pe- sometimes people get in the way, staff get in the way, camera operators, security guards, uh, whoever. And sometimes a bit, you know, I do spit stuff. And I'm really sorry that on that occasion it did it hit somebody. And I'm so ashamed of my behavior. Next time I'll be more careful. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that it's right that he did it or that he should be given the opportunity to talk his way out of it. I'm just saying, like, the lawyer, who, like, what fucking lawyer would say, yeah, just, uh, yeah, like, go with the, uh, go with the snot charge. That's definitely the uh, that's definitely the, the easier one for people to accept. <laughs> I don't know, man. Just seems like oh, it's weird, isn't it? That there must have been a conversation between him and his lawyer. Like, look, career wise, Marilyn, uh, there is no way back for you. <laughs> if if you admit spitting, spitting is just the lowest of the low. Car- career wise, it's over for you. If you admit spitting, snotting on someone we can talk about. So, yeah, anyway, he's been uh, he's been accused of some pretty horrendous stuff in the past as well. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but he was accused of things that are at least in the same arena, if not very, very similar to what Russell Brand is being accused of at the moment by I think it's Ra- Is it Rachel Evanwood? I hope I'm remembering her name and saying that correctly. Um, Some very sordid stuff. And if you're familiar with his debut album, you'll know that he's also quite a, at least a performatively troubled soul, if not, you know, an actually quite troubled individual. Um, So I don't know. It just, it seems to me like if, if this is going to be a conversation about what is or is not the most disgusting thing that a human being could do to another human, I don't know, snotting on someone doesn't, doesn't seem up there, although I fully accept if it happened to me, I would be fucking traumatised. I would be. Um, But then would... I mean, as always, as with everything, it sort of depends on who the person is doing the snotting, doesn't it? And who the snotty is. I mean, if I was at a Marilyn Manson gig, you know, if I was a camera operator and I'm tired, I'm working nights... You know, just loud music. I'm not even into this style of music. I'm just there to do a job. and I'm supposed to be at my mate's birthday, but I had to say no because I'm working nights. I'm here recording this stuff with a camera and I've got this fucking idiot up here thinking he's the Antichrist playing this music that I can't stand and then to top it all off, he fucking snots right on my face. Like, yeah, I'd be upset. I would be cross. If Marilyn Manson did it to me. But Mia Kunis, you know, I would, I would let her force feed me. I would let her waterboard me with her soiled bathwater. So it's just, you know, everything's a spectrum. I guess is, is what I'm saying. And I suppose that's the challenge that feminism has really, isn't it? It's like, you know, I would allow Mia Kunis to treat me in a way that I would not allow a Marilyn Manson. To treat me. (laughs) I would keep going back for more. With Mia, she could kick me in the balls and slap me around the face. And I'd still be there at 1am begging to come in. (laughs) Marilyn Manson, different story. And this is a sort of challenge that feminism and gender and consent and this whole conversation around Russell Brand and what he was allowed to get away with, the way that he was permitted or at least blind eyes were turned with regards to the way that he treated women and in a couple of instances it sounds like girls allegedly again he denies all the allegations um the challenge that is presented to feminism and and those of us who uh pursue a sort of more equal society is that you could have somebody like a russell brand over here talking to women in such a way treating women in such a way that they will not necessarily respond well to, but they would be willing to turn the other cheek. They would be willing to sleep with him in spite of that behaviour, you know? Not necessarily because of it, but they would be willing to tolerate it if the, if it meant they got to sleep with Russell Brand back in the day. And then you have this whole subset of men over here who observe him treating women or girls like that allegedly uh and they mistake it they're like oh well that's how you get women that's how you get laid look what russell's doing he's talking about his dick and his penis and they're responding well to it so that's what i'll do i'll go over here and blah 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 um and then it doesn't work for them they women don't respond the same way because this guy's not russell brand or because he's not as ruggedly handsome or, or whatever and then that breeds all this incelly feeling of like, oh, they're just stuck up, and oh, they're joyless feminists, and, um, and I'm sad to say, I don't think that is actually a fixable problem, you know. You see, I told you I was rose tinty and <laughs> glasses are full. I don't think it's fixable. And here's why, because like, I think it would be fixable, financially fixable, if we just funneled billions and billions of pounds into the British education system. And we truly educated the next generations, the following generations on things like gender, equality, consent and so on. You probably could at least make a big fucking dent in the problem. But the chances of that money being funneled into the British education system specifically to address things like gender and consent and equality and all that are close to fucking zero. It's just not going to happen. You're talking about like a government who have been in power for like 13 years. And whenever the subject of equality or inclusivity or diversity or, you know, gender or anything like that is raised for discussion, it's what what is it? It's dismissed, packaged up as woke, nonsense, politically correct. It is disparaged, dismissed and it's gone. So the idea that they're not just going to discuss it, but expand it and funnel money into it that they could be funneling off to their mates. Is, I'm sad to say, near- too fantastical so no i don't think it will be fixed unfortunately and it won't be helped by the fact that there are hundreds of thousands if not millions of men in the younger age brackets who simply lack the emotional maturity and emotional intelligence to understand the things that you and i are now talking about or i'm babbling on about and you're listening to you know I don't know. What am I saying? I'm saying, if you want a read as to where men are, (laughs) by my experience, uh, in terms of whether they accept that their behaviours need to change and they need to be more understanding and be pro-equality, or they are rampant misogynists, if you want to know where they sit on that temperature gauge, I would say they are significantly closer to blowing their snot in a woman's hair by and large than they are progressing equality. That's you know, <laughs> if if you wanted to read on where we're at now. Anyway, let's just finish off this uh, this news story, shall we? Uplifting one though it is. Uh, it says he was fined just over fourteen hundred dollars uh, with an extra two hundred dollars on top, and he needs to stay arrest free while also notifying local police of any New Hampshire performances. For two years Uh, during the New Hampshire concert, Manson approached the camera operator, Susan Fountain, put his face close to the camera and spat a, quote, big loogie at her. According to a police affidavit, a police sergeant who reviewed the video footage said in the affidavit that Manson blew a significant amount of mucus at Fountain and that after the camera view changes, you can see Manson point and laugh at Fountain as she gets down and walks away wow so yeah i mean it's one thing to do like i remember watching a nirvana gig years ago on mtv and i think kurt cobain spits at the camera in that and then sort of laughs about it and walks off but this sounds like a different thing this sounds like he's meant to spit it at the camera maybe and it accidentally went on her i hope i'm not being too sort of victim blamey or like forgiving of marilyn manson it's absolutely not the intention but it sounds like that's the sort of angle or thing maybe that this was supposed to be now here is my question for you guys if uh, if you'll indulge me just just for a moment bear in mind the charges that have been levied at marilyn manson bear in mind the disgusting treatment that he has visited upon this camera operator and he has Played no contest, so it's fair assumption that these things did take place and that they are disgusting. Right, okay, so bear in mind that this was the outcome, that this was the fine. He knew he was gonna get found guilty, sort of kind of ish, right? Here is my question for you. Why didn't Marilyn Manson just blame it on dark forces and coordinated media and witch trials and witch hunts and so on? Like, didn't you know that's how you get out of trouble nowadays? Didn't you read the news? I mean, the second the cops went, like, rang on his doorbell, his hotel room, and they're like, Yeah, Mr. Manson, you're under arrest for hawking a loogie into this poor girl. They're all against me. They're all against me. It's a a sham trial, a witch hunt, kangaroo coordinated meteor, dark dark forces. Have I told you about the dark forces? I mean, I guess that's sort of the problem with being a, like, Antichrist superstar prince of darkness, is he, like, you can't really. Can't really blame dark forces, like, acting against you. It's like, yeah, there's dark forces, uh, and they're all against... No, we know this dark... They're yours! You're in control of the dark forces with your fucking Ouija board and your long, dark hair, you lunatic! There's dark forces trying to take... Like, I, I, yeah, there's dark forces, I know. There's there's literally three phantoms hovering around behind you. One of them is Charles Manson. ha <laughs> ha! after whom you're named after. I mean, that's the thing as well. It's like, we, you know, we're looking at this through the context of Russell Brand, who has, you know, restyled himself as some sort of wellness cult leader over the last two or three years. You know, culty is a word that is thrown around when we're talking about Russell Brand, certainly over the last week. Well, there is no bigger, like, culty sort of, jesus or anti-jesus kind of rock star than marilyn fucking manson with church-like followers if anyone was ever gonna like rally the troops from that sort of following it would probably be marilyn manson named after a cult leader and all i don't know real missed opportunity there maybe for his legal team not not a massive fan of his legal team couple of missed opportunities there although do you know what i do i like the idea that back in the day you know when i was like 17 marilyn manson was like on the up man his first album was gigantic in sort of rock and metal circles and i think from memory maybe it's first or second album uh there was a track on there where he's literally just like hurting himself or something or hurting his fan because his fan is begging him to hurt her or like it's really fucked up stuff and it was like a sort of church-like follower. He's very culty, I'm not exaggerating that. He called himself the Antichrist superstar. He had people picketing outside his gigs and stuff. Like, you know how gaudy America is, right? He had like fam church-going families outside his concerts going like, Cancel Marilyn, get rid of Marilyn, he's evil, he's the devil. And people fucking loved it, you know, teenage rebellion and all that and you know, teenagers wanting to listen to stuff that would, like, piss off their parents. And, and what I love about this, I love the idea that he did have that cult following. People really did adore him in a cult leader, you know, my favourite artist kind of way. But what I love about it is that now we're, you know, I'm 42 now. <laughs> so even though people still buy his tickets go and see him in New Hampshire... In the middle-class suburbs of New Hampshire, this weekend it's Marilyn Manson. You know, even though people will still buy a ticket to go to see other. most of us are. You know, I'm a fucking dad. I'm I'm an IT guy now. I got a job, a mortgage. I'm not. I'm not taking the day off to go and support you outside your courtroom for your shitty hockaloogie charge. The fuck out of here. I don't know. Like, I love the idea that, like, somewhere in New Hampshire, there's like two aging rock fans, you know, <laughs> two old metalheads, and the one guy still takes it really seriously. The one guy's just like, "You, did you hear about Marilyn? Like, they're dragging him down to the courthouse. We, we, we gotta go. Get, get your shoes on, man. We gotta go to the courthouse and show some love, support for the leader, for Marilyn, man. You coming too, right?" The other guy's like, "Nah." Yeah, I, I I don't know man, I've, I've got the kids and I gotta get some shit done, I gotta mow the lawn. Uh, it's just a lot, you know, I got a lot on at the moment, Hank. I'm just, you know, it's just, the thing, I, I'll buy a ticket once a year and you know, I'll put the wig on and the makeup. Yeah, It's fun, you know, it's fun to get out, go and see a band, that's enough. That's enough for me, you know. What, what are you talking about, Buck? We love Marilyn, that's what brought us together, I know. I know, Hank, but I'm 47 years old. (laughs) I'm 47. It just doesn't feel like teen angst anymore. (laughs) Anyway, from one angry, dark, tormented piece of work to another, uh, we obviously look at the latest developments in the Russell Brand situation. Um... I don't know if you caught the news this morning, uh, but YouTube have demonetized all of Russell Brand's content. And if you're familiar with his output over the last two or three years, you'll be aware that he pivoted. This is something I've spoken about in my punk politics videos, in a couple of TikToks. But it was my sort of hypothesis that about two or three years ago, he pivoted, that he knew something like this was coming and he needed to make a lot of money very quickly. And so one way of doing that was to use his fame and start pushing out these videos that get a high number of views, but are substantially kind of nonsense. So that means, you know, chemtrails and vaccine skeptic stuff and lockdown skeptic stuff and anti-Democrat things and January the 6th conspiracies and so on and so on. Um. Anyway, now we are, where we are and he's you know effectively been well his tour has been cancelled his management as i understand it have dropped him uh, and now youtube is the latest uh, conglomerate or institution to distance itself from him so all of the stuff that he's put out over the last couple of years with a view to generating this income if if we are to believe my hypothesis which is that he did this stuff specifically to make hay while it uh, before it rained um then that tap has now been switched off. There will be no further cash coming in from YouTube, which some academics, some specialists have estimated could have been bringing him in as much as a million to two million pounds a year. So YouTube have demonetized him. And I honestly feel somewhat conflicted about this because I don't want to Buy into the whole, like, cancel culture, kid. We got to stop with the cancel culture, man. Um, You know, I I also believe in innocent until proven guilty. But I think innocent until proven guilty is actually still the case with this. Like, a lot of people talk about trial by media and all that rubbish. Um, But he's still free. You know, he hasn't been prosecuted and jailed. He's still legally innocent at the moment until such a time as he may or may not be proven guilty. But it does leave me with a a slight, slightly bad taste in my mouth that effectively you could be accused of something and it could be complete horseshit, you know, and we're going to try very carefully here, not to venture into the world or realms of, you know, believe all women um, or that women would never lie and all that. Um, but I'm just saying that legally, societally, it would be possible at the moment to accuse somebody of something and then for that accusation to reign supreme over their job, their income. And in like I suppose that is the whole conversation about cancel culture. It's like, well, he hasn't been convicted of anything yet. Um, we haven't seen firsthand the proof. And in the absence of that, You would think it would be almost sort of business as usual however i fully accept that there is a balance to be struck in that here you have these women accusers who have laid out proof who have spoken to journalists who have checked sourced double sourced all of the claims so why should they have to see him on youtube on their feeds in the papers potentially guesting on tv shows making loads of money while these allegations are all out and everyone knows about them. You know what I mean? It's a difficult balance to strike. Like, I'm sure there's a cogent argument to be made for allowing someone to continue to earn money while they go through some sort of judicial process. I think there it, it is possible to make that argument. But I don't think it's helped <laughs> by the fact that The usual people who are right up front and centre saying, oh, he's innocent till proven guilty. As far as I'm concerned, he's he's innocent until... Those people are always, almost, without exception, 100% fucking balance. Like, who's backed him so far? Who's come out with the whole, you know, innocent till proven guilty, guys? Come on, let's just give him a... Who's come out with that sort of stuff so far? Who's backed him? It's half the staff of GB News, right? Uh... Elon Musk, (laughs) Katie Hopkins, right? I mean, it's just like, and and here's the fucked up thing. It's like being sort of left of centre, being somewhat self-analytical, being something close to, dare I say, resembling an intellectual, like someone who wants to understand things better to a greater degree. Here's the fucked up thing, is I look at how... I am just blanket dismissing the arguments of these people because I tend to not agree with them about other things. I look at that and then I go, well, am I part of the problem? Am I just being tribal now, you know? Because I don't necessarily feel 100% comfortable about cancelling, cancelling someone's livelihood before they've been convicted of something. You know, because they could be innocent. You could be punishing them ahead of time that something later, retrospectively, you're like, ah, fuck. You know, I wish I'd waited and kept an open mind on that. But I'm dismissing that whole thing out of hand because the kind of people who support it are the kind of people who I usually 100% of the time disagree with about anything else in any other scenario. So, like, am I the problem? And that is the fucked up part about it. Is It's like there's no peace. Like, I can't reconcile this in my head. No, I don't feel comfortable with taking away people's livelihoods before they've been convicted of something. And I actually think if you asked people in the street and you didn't tell them about what the scenario was or who who the person was that you were referring to. if You just said generally, do you think it's right that somebody's livelihood is taken from them when they've been accused, but not proven, not convicted yet? I think most people would go um don't know if I'm comfortable with that you know but I can't bring myself to actually fully go no 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 give Russell Brand his money back he's deserved because of the weight of the evidence and the accusations that have been levied against him and because I personally and it is just of like my personal belief I personally think on the balance of probabilities he probably has done at least a little bit of what is being alleged. So I'm really like in a in a tough spot here. I don't know. Where do, where do you guys sit on it? Normally, I finish my punk politics videos with a sort of open question like, what do you guys think? Where do you sit? But obviously, this being a podcast, you can't necessarily on Apple or Spotify comment back. But it'd be interesting to hear everyone else's thoughts because I, you know, I respect and except that this is a moment for the women to speak and for most of us men to just shut the fuck up and listen. And it's really important that we do that. But equally, there is a responsibility on the state to ensure that when people are accused of things that they can still (laughs) survive and function. And um, So, although in this instance with Russell Brand, it might be an easy blanket thing to go like, yeah, he should be fucking canceled or demonetized or switched off or whatever. But um, I don't know if, as a general rule of thumb, it should it should stand true or, or, or whatever. Let me know what you guys think. I'd be interested to hear. The other developments, of course, are that his tour has been pulled. Um, until last night, you could have still probably got tickets to go and see him in Windsor. Um, I don't think I've spoken about this openly on anything yet. Uh, but my girlfriend went to go and see him last fucking week. ha. <laughs> Last week, he was playing in our local theatre. Capacity about 200, something like that. I don't even know why. This is the shittest town in Hampshire. Like, he could have played Woking. He could have played, like, Guildford. Guildford's got three theatres, man. Take your pick, Russ. I mean, here's how bad this town is, right? Russell Brand is currently being accused of everything under the sun within the sexual crimes. (laughs) arena i'm pretty sure that saturday night or sunday was a bad day for him but it was still the second worst day of that week for <laughs> him. the first was the fucking six hours probably that he spent here that's how bad this town is it's just decrepit and falling to pieces and underfunded and just people hanging around on benches and just, ah, it's just gross don't move here I'm like the opposite of a tour guide, you know, or like some sort of like, welcome. yeah, move your business here. Come and live here. Bolster up the numbers. It's more tax and we'll gentrify that. I'm like, you need to stay the fuck away from it. Save yourselves. Save yourselves. Stay away from Aldershot. Um, but yeah, so his, his tour was cancelled. My girlfriend went to go and see him last week with a friend. I stayed at home looking after the kids and uh and then this story broke over the weekend i said to her you're not going to fucking believe this she's like what i said you saw russell brand Thursday night i think it was i said this massive expose has just exploded on like the sunday times it was like saturday night that they published it though i said check the sunday um like the, the times website now and i said there's a dispatches thing on like we should watch it and uh And she said, this is so weird because in his gig the other night, she said he was doing loads of material about being a dad and this stuff. And he didn't, apparently he didn't talk much about, you know, anti vax stuff. It was more sort of, you know, just laughing about him him being a father. Um, But he did make mention, apparently. So says my girlfriend. She said that, yeah, he said something in there about like, yeah, see that, like the, I won't do the impression. Uh, Apparently he said, the papers don't like me much, you see. Uh, and, and he goes, uh, and you know what? You might be reading a little bit more about me soon in the newspapers. They don't like me much, like that sort of thing. Like he was joking about, it. he was referencing about it. And you know what? Since listening to the news agents last night, where they did an interview with the Sunday Times features editor, um, a lady called Rosamond. fuck, I can't remember her name now. Um, Rosamond something emirin is it honestly can't remember god i'm terrible um but they were doing an interview with her and uh they were saying that he has known about this publication for at least two weeks like he had two weeks grace they give you right of reply they basically say we're going to publish this stuff about you it's all sourced and blah 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 and you've got a week or two days or 48 hours or like however long it is uh and he, apparently there was a back and forth with the lawyers and everything. But I just thought it's really interesting. So he knew, not only did he know about it when my girlfriend saw him in the theatre, but he was actively laughing and joking about it on the stage about how, oh, it's like the newspapers don't like me much and you might be reading a bit more about me soon. <laughs> and I'm like, that is a really interesting insight into the mind there, isn't it? It's so like here you have some incredibly serious accusations of truly disgusting behaviour. And you're up there on a stage laughing about it, but also sort of pre-packaging this as, oh, it's just, it's the newspapers that don't like me. You know? <laughs> like you used to write for a newspaper, you fucking idiot. The newspapers used to celebrate you. You were voted Shagger of the Year in The Sun, three years running, which is owned by Murdoch, who also owns The Times and The Sunday Times. So what is it that's changed between then and there? It's the newspapers that you don't like. Why don't they like you, do you think? They just suddenly don't like... I wonder what the variable could be there. You know, it's like it's difficult to take this perception, which I'll just sort of go through in a second. It's difficult to take this perception from Russell Brand when he does this stuff because he's so articulate uh and so flowery with his vocabulary and very expressionate it's difficult to come away with this perception but it is exactly the same as the perception i come away with when i talk to really emotionally unintended intelligent people like people who not just make up a bit of a story to cover for their own failings but people who lack the intelligence to know that you would be able to see through that story in a fucking second. Do you know what I mean? The kind of person that's like, it will be a friend of yours who has gotten really into booze or has developed a cocaine habit or some, and it, you know, obviously it would have caused them problems at work. And anyway, then you catch up with them. You go, oh, how's, how's the job at, um, Sainsbury's? And they go, oh, well, yeah, they like I had to leave because my my manager was jealous of me. My manager was really mean, just inexplicably mean. No, <laughs> just ad hoc, mean hearted. To so, like every time I asked for time off, then then he would say no for no reason. And uh, yeah, he's just a just a nasty piece of work. And in the end, I just said, "Well, fuck this place, I'm leaving," and I left. And then you're like, "Uh huh," <laughs> that. Is that really what happened, Ted? Is it? <laughs> you know, like, Because you know that if you went round Ted and talked to his family, like his sobbing, crying mother would just be like, we tried to get him off the vodka. We tried. We tried to get him to give out the cocaine. But he just keeps, keeps blowing all of his money. And then he was sleeping in and going into work late and nodding off when he should have been getting stuff through the checkout. And they, in the end, and they had enough and they, they got rid of it. Wouldn't even give him a chance. You know, like that's what really happened. <laughs> and it's it's fine to feel shame that you developed an addiction and then you got fired because of it and they didn't support you or or whatever. It's fine to feel so ashamed that you don't want to tell your friend that that's what happened. But at least have the intelligence to know that when you make up a story like that, <laughs> I'm going to be smart enough to go, uh-huh. Is that, is that really what happened, though? <laughs> no. You know, and it's sort of... The reason I bring that up, that sort of example, is because the perspective that I have or the perception that I come away with when I talk to people like that is the same perception as I glean from when Russell Brand says, oh, it's all... its oh, The newspapers just don't like me. Why Why don't they like you, Russ? Oh, just because they, they're all against me. But why? What have you... What are they saying that you've done? Oh, never mind about that. Just, they just can't handle my greatness. <laughs> I mean... It is the media, political and sex crime equivalent of, you know, like a base level argument between two 18 year old girls or women, I suppose they would be technically. But like, you know, the sort of argument you used to overhear in the pub back in the day where one of them would be like, so are you going to come to uh, Jessica's party on the weekend? Um, no, 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 I, I can't. Why not? Well, she's just, you know, she's just jealous of me. That's the thing. Why though? Why is she jealous? No, she just can't. She just can't handle it. Like that when when I'm in the same room as her, she's just so like jealous. Right. I mean, but isn't this isn't this because you fucked her boyfriend? Well, yeah, but like I said, you know, she's really jealous about it. Anyway, so YouTube have demonetized him. Uh, but he's also on Rumble. He's also on Rumble, which is Peter Thiel, the American billionaire's uh, streaming and video platform. I don't know much about it. Um, I don't really know why it's... uh, It seems very popular with right-wingers. Rumble. I haven't figured out what that... Like, is it a free speech thing? Is it a sort of anti-censorship free speech? ultra? Like, will will they let you say more N-words per minute on Rumble? Like, is that... (laughs) Is that the pull? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're fine. I'll oh, say whatever you like. Yeah. Call them whatever you like here. You know, truth social rigors. Rumble, whatever you like. No, so- you know, is it that sort of thing? Um, Or is it, you know, maybe it's more lucrative. Maybe they pay more per 1000 views than YouTube. It could be something like that. But I do think it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting moment for Rumble. Because this is the time when they're going to have to make a decision as to whether they grow up and implement some sort of regulation over who they platform and who they let profit share, or whether they continue to just let this sort of free reign approach, you know? And look, I'm holding my hands up. I haven't really looked into Rumble uh too deeply at all, so I don't know at what point they would shut your account on Rumble. It's entirely possible that within the next 24 hours they too will go, do you know what? We can't we can't be associated with this. But I do think it's gonna be really fucking interesting when a lot of these free speech right-wingers and alt-right types have run to Rumble as this sort of safe haven for being able to say whatever they like and plat. To be platformed in a way that perhaps individuals would not be platformed on other platforms. God, what a mouthful! Um, it's going to be an interesting moment, isn't it, for an effective challenger, a startup like Rumble. I say startup. They floated on an IPO last year, so they're not—they're not that starty. Are they a medium up? Is that a thing? Anyway, I'll leave you with this little—this uh, little observation, which uh, occurred to me earlier on. Nice little uplifting note for you. Uh, for me to leave you it's not very characteristic of me is it like normally i i sort of leave on a right downer or a bit of a joke that harks back to something earlier in the podcast or or whatever but here's something that occurred to me earlier right a few years ago i i looked at russell brand as a sort of not an idol but as a a blueprint of the sort of media slash comedy slash politics kind of thing that i would like to do i didn't go down the same alt right route as he did i don't want to do that but in terms of the industries and output and the entrepreneurialism of him i did actually sort of look up to him this is until about you know i don't know a couple of years ago and and maybe to some extent more recently than that i don't know but i remember thinking like you know god if i could just do you know he does stand up he does a like a little tour And then I saw he was putting the feelers out for doing his festival thing, which is a wellness thing, which I'm not really into. But I would happily construct a festival. It's one of the reasons I get involved in doing my live show, which is next week. Quick plug plug. Um, But also so like so there's the live like the comedy stuff, maybe a little festival and then do the podcast and the podcast. uh, This sort of triple pronged approach to entertainment to putting out stuff and have it monetized and all that. And I saw the way that he had monetized his podcast. And I was like, cool. And I saw the way he was doing like gigs and stuff. I was like, oh, that'd be cool. And then I saw the festival and I was like, that'd be good cool. If I could just get a career like Russell Brands, then wouldn't that be something? And uh, and anyway, now I'm, you know, looking at the news today and I see that, uh, you know, he's got no gigs in the diary. He's been demonetized on YouTube. <laughs> this festival is now likely completely kaputsky. And now, you know what? I can take some solace in the fact because I too have no gigs in the diary. I get demonetized every fucking day and I've got no festival. So yeah, lo and behold, against all of the odds, I have managed to sculpt a career just... So now lo and behold, against all of the odds, I have managed to sculpt a career that is exactly like Russell Brand's. <laughs> at least, his current entertainment career. Guys, that's it. I have to go. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, continuing to support the podcast. Big shout-outs to the Patreons. Looking forward to meeting as many of you as possible uh, on Thursday night. Uh, If you haven't got a ticket for that, please do check out the link in the description. Uh, If you can't get to the Thursday one, like the September one, I'm appearing at the Riot Society with Danny fucking Price, Super Tansky. That's on the 10th of November. It's in Tower Hill in London. Uh, Also appearing will be Marina Perkis, Dane Baptiste and James fucking Benison. Uh, So, yeah, grab yourself a ticket to that. Um, Until next time, take care of yourselves. Keep it strictly hashtag binfluencer and uh, stay booge. I'm out.